got a tough sentence to start with. I was opening up a book on belonging, which should make you feel warm and fuzzy, but this sentence stood out to me. Chronic loneliness is as dangerous to our bodies and our health as smoking a pack of cigarettes every single day. Like, wow, that's, that's pretty toxic. According to the CDC, uh, social isolation significantly increases uh, a person's risk of premature death from all causes. Risks that rivals smoking and, and lack of activity and, and radiation exposure and all sorts of potential toxins. Uh, social isolation uh, is associated with a 50% increased risk of dementia, a 29% increased risk of heart disease, and a 32% risk increase of stroke. And for most of us, loneliness is not that high on our list of like, oh, this is really dangerous for me. This is, this is scary for me. Uh, but it is as deadly as many physical things that we worry about. And, and there was a study in 2020 that said one in five Americans suffer from chronic loneliness. And that, that number was even higher for younger people. And it's weird because we live in an age where it seems like, okay, we've got better health care access, we've got um, so many things that make quality of life better, and yet we are feeling more and more alone. And I'm sure some of that is some novel things to, to kind of feed the loneliness inside of us, which might be, you know, as you scroll through, pick your favorite social media platform, you might see a lot of people who have a lot of happy faces on, and they're with friends, they're doing fun trips, and, and you're aware that you're just sitting around your house or you're just by yourself. And, and so there's this feeling of longing that's in us. And I recognize that it's weird that Christmas is both a super joyous occasion, but for many people it is also a very sad and somber occasion because it makes us aware of the people we aren't close to in this time where we want to be close. Now, we are not kind of unique in people who can feel loneliness our ancestors have, have felt loneliness throughout, uh, throughout time. And I think one of those moments where we get that feeling is this weird mixture of feeling like you belong and you feel alone is looking up into the night sky and looking into the stars. You see this vast universe and you think, wow, I'm a part of this vast universe, but it's huge and who am I? How far apart are all of these things? Like, it feels so lonely at times. And there's a reason why almost every space movie you've ever seen, whether that's things like Star Trek or Guardians of the Galaxy or Star Wars, we fill the universe with other beings because we don't want to be alone. We want there to be someone else. We want there to be something else. And so it's so weird that we have such a giant cosmos and so often feel so far apart. And I was thinking of like, how do we illustrate that, that distance because the one celestial body that, that uh, is always present for us every day that gives heat and light and gives that energy for our plants and for uh, those plants to create oxygen that we can live, the sun feels very close. Not today. Today it felt a little bit further, right? But the sun is, it seems so close and yet the distance is so vast. And I was trying to look up what's the right equivalent of how, how to illustrate how far we are on this planet from the sun. 
And the thing you should do when you do any scaling is figure out the small thing in the scale. And so uh, if you pick a small sun and figure out a distance, you need a tiny, tiny earth. So we're gonna start with the tiny earth. And so I asked my, uh, my daughter Gwen, she loves making jewelry and beads. And so I got a little tiny blue bead, which on camera you might not be able to see people in the space. I, you, you might be able to see if you got really, really good vision. This is a tiny blue bead. This represents us in the story. At that scale of a bead, um, the sun becomes a basketball. We're pretty small. Uh, but the distance from this blue bead, don't worry, I'm not shooting this over you today. The distance to the sun is about the full length of a basketball court. So basically in this space, if you imagine that, that ball up in the balcony near the sound booth, that's how far it is from our tiny little planet off to the sun. And that giant distance, which you know, you guys, we can walk that distance. It doesn't seem that big of a deal because we are giants in the scale of this tiny bead. But if you want to think about our solar system, the planet Neptune, you've got to walk that distance from here to the back of the room 30 times to get how far Neptune's orbit goes around the sun. There's something bizarre about how giant our universe is. Just even our own solar system, everything feels so big and vast and so much space. And so what on earth is it to ask the God of this universe, what does it mean to say that the word became flesh and dwelt among us? Because it's a giant universe. Maybe if you could pick anywhere in the universe to go vacation, to go pick a travel, I, I, I think as humans, we should pick earth. Uh, this is places designed so nicely for our organisms that we survive in, but, but if you were God and you could go anywhere, what is it to say that we want to have a story about a, boy, a baby being born in Bethlehem? What is it to, to grow up in Nazareth and go to Capernaum, to live in Jerusalem? In the grand cosmos, God has chosen to draw near to us. And that God has a lot of great foresight that our scripture gives us. You know, if you look back in the beginning of Genesis, the story of all of us is described in this way. God makes something and says, ah, that was good. God makes something else, that was good, that was good, that was good, that's very good. And you remember the first thing that it says was not good said, God looked and saw that it was not good for man to be alone. The insight in that story that we need each other, we need God, we need to belong. And so the story that the Gospel of John gives us is that God so loved the world. It does not say that God so loved the world that he bought us a really nice car. I'm sorry if you're wanting a new car. Did not say that God so loved the world that he paid for a really awesome Disney trip, or God bought us that iPhone that's not even out yet, but God so loved the world that he sent his only son. There is something about presence of showing up, of being among people that is true and dear to our story and the gospel story. And so the story of Christmas is not the story about presents that you can buy 
It's the story about God's presence being nearby. God has dwelt among us. And then some of the stories that we read this morning and from this, this evening, I'm so used to Sunday mornings, uh, the story we read this evening, we have these stories of, of angels announcing to Jesus' parents, hey, you need to sit down for this. Here's what's coming. And now Mary probably was not ready for that news, right? She's not ready. I, I'm sure everyone who's about to become a mother is thinking, can I be a mother? Maybe you had a great mother to have as a role model. Maybe you didn't, but like, can I handle this? What's this going to be like? And the angel shows up and says, hey, Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And what a beautiful thing to say. You're not alone because you're going to feel alone when you have to figure out how to tell your mom, tell your friends, talk to your fiance. Hey, sorry, um, got something to share. Mary could not have done that journey on her own, but the Lord is with you. And that enables her to say, here I am, let your will be done. And likewise, there's an angel that showed up to Joseph and said, hey, I I get you're going to put Mary away, but before you do that, let me tell you about who this child is going to be. Who is this child? People are going to see him and say, Emmanuel, which means God is with us. What a beautiful thing for anyone to say, that, that they interact with you and say, God is here, and most fully true in Jesus. And so, no matter what Joseph initially thought about that child, hey, trust in God. God is with us. And so Jesus' whole life become that lived out ministry of showing people God is with you. Hey, the leper that everyone says is unclean, goes to the other side of the road, doesn't want anything to do with them. Jesus shows up and touches them and heals them. Why? Because God is with you. He meets Samaritan woman at the well who feels like we shouldn't have a conversation, we shouldn't talk, we, we have all these dividing walls, and it's, it doesn't matter where you worship, just know God is with you. And that story goes through cross, through Easter morning, It is the story that God is with you. And Matthew's gospel ends with him giving that great commission, go out to the world, make disciples, and it ends with, remember, I am with you always to the end of the time. And so our story becomes, do we accept this story for our own Christmas story, that we accept that God's presence is around us? You know, I talked about our little blue bead here, our all of us on this tiny little planet. Um, We are now experiencing that there's differences in summer and winter. And uh, you you might know why we have summers and why we have winters. It's not because our orbit goes in this weird elongated shape. It's because some asteroid probably, something knocked us off kilter at some point and our axis is leaning. And as we lean and rotate around the sun, part of our orbit, we're leaning into the sun. Sometimes we're leaning away from the sun. And so the northern hemisphere experiences summer while the southern hemisphere gets winter and vice versa. And there's something into that of the sun's the same distance away. And I want you to, to be thoughtful and reflect this Christmas on the question of, are you leaning into God? Or are you leaning away from him today? Because God is there. But sometimes we're like, you know what, maybe I've got time later. Can I lean away from you for a little while? 
And so if you're experiencing a spiritual winter and and life feels like it's barren and dried up and and it feels empty and hopeless and despair, I just want to encourage you not to give up but to lean in. Because it's easy to give up, but it is harder to say, yes, okay, I trust you, I see you, I'm going to lean in to God today. And so I think about all of the heroes of the faith that we read about who all chose to lean into God's presence. And so maybe if you imagine like in this season where there's a lot of family who travels from far for Christmas, of what if you imagine God has shown up on your doorstep from a long travel? Are you welcoming God in this Christmas? Have you got a place set up for him? Do you got cookies made? You're going to serve a meal? You got the best room available? Are you going to open yourself up to God and God's presence? Or are you going to say, hey, maybe you might go down the street. Can you do another lap? Maybe I'll be ready later. Maybe you know that routine. I need a little bit more time to clean. Please do just another lap, another lap. But are we leaning in to God today? And so today, I just want to invite you to reflect on that. Think about that. God's presence is nearby. Do we lean into him? And as we lean into God, we recognize that we are leaning in together and we we find that community of God, the church at work alive in the world. So this Christmas, you don't have to do it all on your own, but just trust that you can lean in and that God is always there for you. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we ask that we might have the eyes to see where you're at work in our lives right now. But I know that there are those of us who've been sprinting to this moment, sprinting through this Christmas season, and we haven't always gotten our bearings about where we're at and where you're at. And I ask that you might just give us that mindfulness, help us to celebrate you and what you've done in our lives, help us to celebrate the the next steps in front of us. There might be folks in this room who feel like Mary or Joseph who are like, I don't know if I can do this task in front of me. Lord, hold us up in your arms, strengthen us, encourage us, give us wisdom as we walk alongside you. And Lord, I ask that wherever there's darkness, wherever those feelings of emptiness are, wherever those feelings of loneliness might be, that your light might just shine in and just disperse all of that darkness. Because we know that the darkness did not overcome the light. Lord, let our hearts rest close to you. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.